Hey everybody, this is Craig Perra from Sex Afflictions and Porn Addictions. Welcome to my weekly podcast. I am so honored and privileged that you were listening. And, and, and just let me just put this out there. I know we got this title, Sex Afflictions and Porn Addiction, right? Uh, and, and certainly we talk about healthy sexuality. But as anybody who's been paying attention, you see that your movement towards healthy sexuality is a function of cleaning up all sorts of other areas of your life. It's so important for you listening to understand that these principles that I'm teaching you about mastering your habit cycle, learning how to create space so you can inject choice to counterbalance your biologically hardwired triggers and your decades of programming around your thoughts. How the triggers awaken a subpersonality. You need to talk to that person. And as you talk to that person, and for those of you who haven't listened to my Talk to Yourself podcast, please, please listen to that one. It is one of the most powerful things that I teach is personifying this addict. And so whatever you think your number one problem is, and you may define it as your addiction, you're wrong. The addiction is the symptom. It is never, ever, ever the root cause. So while we talk about sex afflictions and porn addiction, the title is 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 like more for SEO, or um, you know certainly like that's my tribe. You know men who are broken sexually, but I've also had a drug problem. I've also had a problem with alcohol. I've also struggled with depression, with anxiety, ADD. So. The mindful habit system, what you learn in this podcast, is for everyone. And you know you've taken it to the next level when you're able to apply these principles to other areas of your life that, have no, that, that are beyond you treating your symptom, not doing the thing. Because remember the golden rule of behavior modification, right? Remember? What is it? To break a habit. Let's say it with me. Let's do it together, everybody, like we're in church. To break a habit, you have to make a habit. That means you've got to focus on something else. So we're going to focus on something else today. I want to talk about the holidays. For you, are the holidays a festive Charles Dickens card? Big smiles, lots of treats and goodwill towards men, or are they triggering? Or do the holidays repeatedly and routinely set you back? Does the variability and triggers and stress that comes with the holidays, do they make your life better or do they make your life worse? I want you to think about that for a second because we have culturally indoctrinated ourselves to, um, to see the, 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 you know, w w what we're celebrating. Right? What, what, what are you celebrating? What are you thankful for? Are you reflecting more on that or all the 50,000 things that you need to do? Or all the 50,000 things that you haven't done? Or all the people that you have to see? So I want to talk today about risk management for the holidays. Because the truth is, for the overwhelming majority of you, 
you. I'm talking to you. If you look at your past Thanksgiving, Christmases, Hanukkah, whatever holiday it is you're celebrating, you screwed up. You got angry. There was a scene. There was an episode. There was something that happened where you lost control. So I want these holidays, this one, these ones coming up to be the best ones ever. And that requires that you to recognize that you are in crisis mode. Crisis doesn't have to be a big panic. But what crisis mode is, acute action is warranted immediately because of the upcoming variabilities and struggles. That's all. You don't have to be drama. Save that for your mama. I'm just talking about when you look at the variability associated with the holidays, and I'm a former risk management professional, managed risk for a billion-dollar company at insurance before they fired me. <clears throat> That's in another podcast. That was part of my downward spiral. And so what I want you to do is look back right now, really, let's just do this together. Let's put our risk management plan together right now, as if we're doing it. So grab a pen, get a piece of paper, get your phone out, open the note section, and let's identify the bad things that have happened over the course of the past five years. Let's take that snapshot. Let's look at that moment in time and identify what are the risks? What are the bad things that can happen? Think about that. What are the bad things that can happen? So identify all the things that have screwed, that have disrupted you, that have moved you off your game that set you back, back to square one, the slips, the stumbles, the fights, the political discussions. Oh, what a time to sit around the tree and celebrate love and connection and gifts and talk politics. So for so many of you, when you look at your holidays, they're very triggering. And, and, and they are for me. They are for me. So Thanksgiving was when I went back home from college. I went back home from college, and that was very triggering because when I was home, that's where so much of my sexual behavior started. It started in beautiful little Rhode Island, the biggest little state in the union. The strip clubs, the adult bookstores, prostitutes. And let me tell you, you can get in an awful lot of trouble in that state. And so I wasn't aware of it until I woke up, but I realized that every holiday season turned into a disaster of some sort, a bender of, of another, and a complete disconnect. It was almost as if, no, it wasn't almost as if, it was history repeating itself over and over again. And so look back and identify what are the bad things that have happened. And maybe there are some new variables being introduced. What are the bad things that could happen? 
as you look forward over the course of the next 45 to 60 days. Because we're looking to manage crisis through a specific period of time. So first we identify what are the bad things that can happen? Where do those bad things occur? Let's be deliberate here, guys. Let's be smart about this. Right? You have the tools. You're listening to this podcast. Take out your pen. Take out your paper and write it down. Ladies, you too. A lot of pressure on the woman stereotypically for the holidays. All the things they've got to do. All the things they've got to get ready. Very triggering time. Right? Suicides are up on the holidays. Mental illness is up. Impatience arrests are up. Domestic violence is up. All those things, why? Why, 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 why? Well, you got booze. People are drinking more. Right? When I drink more, I increase the chances that I'm going to do something stupid. If any of you do not fall into that category, you're lying. Food. What is your relationship with food? Food is everywhere. Snack, snack, stuff, stuff, stuff. You lose mindfulness. You stop honoring and respecting the body. Because we have habitually associated the holidays with gouging ourselves until we vomit. At least I did growing up in an Italian home. My God, the food. Christmas Eve, the seven-course fish dinner. It's more like ten. Big Christmas dinner, huge Thanksgiving. Oh, food, food, food. And that's great. I'm so blessed. I'm not complaining, please. I'm just saying that as I got older and my body was more sensitive to food, I learned I had Crohn's. I learned that I was, you know, foods kind of triggered me, made me sick. Uh, and my, you know, chronic pain, I have to really pay attention to my body. So I can't be stuffing my face. I can't be eating foods that are going to make me sick. So I had to detach. I had to separate, step back from the habits that I created around food and the holidays. Why can't it be a time when you think of whatever you're celebrating, the birth of Christ, Thanksgiving, um, how can you incorporate that into your relationship with food or into your relationship with your body? What themes can you pull from the holidays to help empower you to let these holidays truly be a time of rest, leisure, connection, and bettering yourself? It doesn't have to be a shit show. You have the power to take control. Once you have awareness, well, now you're accountable. And now it's incumbent upon you to take a different action. So let's go back to our risk management plan. What are the bad things can happen? What are the bad things that can happen? So you drink too much. You eat too much. You act out sexually. That's good. Okay, that's good. So what, though? I want to ask you this question. So what? So what you drink too much. So what you act out. So what you get into a fight with your partner. So what that um, you're back to square one. So what? So, so what? So what? So what? So what? Those are the bad things that can happen. What is the impact of those bad things? 
right? We know there's a chance you're going to drink too much. You know there's a chance you're going to eat too much. We know there's a chance that you're going to slip. So what? What does that mean to you? Why is that a bad thing? So just identifying the bad things that can happen isn't enough. It's just step one. What is the impact of those bad things? What's the true risk? You not being connected, you not being the best version of you, you not loving yourself, you not honoring and respecting your sexuality, your body, your mind, and your spirit, you destroying positive gains that you've made over the course of the past three, six, nine, twelve months, whatever the time frame has been, past day, past day. So why? Why, why? why would you want something different? So it's so important to answer that question, so what? And I hear this a lot. Craig, I slipped. So what? Craig, I drank too much. So what? Because I want guys and gals to get to that next place. Well, when I drink, I'm ineffective for three days. Um, that increases the chances that I'm going to act out. That definitely increases the chances that I'm going to fight with my partner. It definitely increases the chances I'm not going to exercise. Celebrating and being festive is robbing you, celebrating and being festive in quotes, of your authentic self. You're numbing, coping, you're escaping, except you're doing it under the ruse of celebrating the holidays. And I'm not saying I know you don't have to blow off steam, but why does blowing off steam have to compromise the progress that you've made? Who you are. Who is your authentic self, that part of you that lives behind the mask of our habits that control our lives. Think about the habits that control your life around the holiday season. Maybe connecting with family. Maybe you're seeing someone that hurt you. Maybe you're going to be around your parents. Always triggering being around your parents as a child, even if you're a grown-up. Some of those feelings of not being good enough, not being loved, maybe being abused for some of you. It's all there, front and center. Your wounds, the wounds that you are seeking to heal, for so many of you are touched around the holidays. So you gotta do something about it. We gotta protect self, honor self, respect self, love self. That's how you produce the best you. Start putting yourself first. So we're gonna do that by managing the risks of our holidays. So we answered the question, so what? Right, and that helps take you deeper into that superficial level of those harms. So what? Yeah, man, so what? It's like it's going to screw up your life and you're not going to be the best version of you. And you're going to rob yourselves of precious, mindful minutes of connection, love, true celebration, celebrating freedom, freedom from the chattering mind, freedom from decades of programming. Freedom equals choice. And there's so much inertia around the holidays that rob you of that choice. So we're going to take it back. We're going to take it back by building a little itty bit of infrastructure.
to make the holidays the best holidays ever. That's what you want, right? Let these be the ones. But please stop pretending that you don't need to plan, that you don't need to be structured. Some of you work in time-sensitive businesses where the holiday season is busy. What happens when you don't prepare? What happens when you don't plan? The shit hits the fan. Chaos, disruption, pissed off customers, lower profit. We're talking about life profit now. We're talking about life love. What is that profit? What is that profit that you want to create in your life? And if you want to create that profit, love, connection, success in your career, finances, health, hobbies, relationships, and spirituality, then you need to do something. Is your life any less variable and complex? No. No, it is not. Intimate relationships, those are easy, right? No. No, they are not. The dynamics around family relationships, easy to navigate, no problem. No, they are not. So the next step in the risk management plan is we're going to split it into two categories. One is a proactive category, like you're drawing a line, you're drawing like a, like a column, proactive, and the other is reactive. And I'm going to tell you why we make that breakdown. Because the next step, now that you've identified the risks, the bad things that can happen, and you've identified the impact of those bad things that can happen, that's your impact assessment, by the way, you get a fancy word for that little exercise. Now we identify what can we do to prevent that risk from materializing. That's the proactive component of risk management planning. That's the proactive piece. So what are the things that you need to do in each one of those categories? I drink too much, really screws up my life. Proactive, limit myself to one drink per meal. Bring a six pack of root beer with me to the celebration. Get some of that fancy gourmet shit so you're carrying around a bottle, right? Or get seltzer when you go to the bar. These are the things I do, I used to do, really, because I was so self-conscious about not drinking. There's a lot of pressure to drink, a lot of pressure to eat. So I had these little tools so people, come on, have another one, woo, and no shots. No shots. Goodness gracious. I'm 45 years old. No shots. Number two. Let's say, for example, it's food, right? Counting your calories, taking journaling of what you're eating, making sure that you are really proactively picking foods that are going to make you feel better. Another risk might be managing difficult relationships. Maybe not talk politics with Uncle Ron. Maybe not disagree with anybody the entire Christmas meal. Have you ever thought about that? Just sitting there and not saying anything? Nodding your head and saying, oh, that's interesting. Never thought about it from that perspective. I have and I do. Do not bring conflict into your life. Don't create it. So have a script. Know who that conflict is going to be with and have a script to derail that conflict, to prevent that conflict from even manifesting. Another risk, pissed off partner. 
less love, moving away from each other, diminishing the gains that you've made. Program regular check-ins. Make sure that the two of you are the center of the love that you're looking to build in the home. You have to prioritize that. That doesn't just magically happen. Relationships aren't hard. Again, draw the analogy to business relationships, managing customer relationships, managing your boss, managing your coworkers. There's like books on that shit. All sorts of great tips and tools. Use those here. And all of them say if you want to effectively manage a relationship, you need to be proactive about it. You need to be intentional about it. So what level, where do you need to bring intentionality? Where do you need to plan to prevent that conversation from going south? That you have every, every, every holiday season, every time, same thing, over and over and over and over again. So think about that. What proactive things do you need to do to prevent those risks from materializing? Next is reactive. All right, didn't work. Off to plan B. Drank too much, ate too much, got in a fight, pissed off your partner, screwed up on this, slipped. What specific plans do you need to have in place that allows you to fall down and get back up? How do you prevent the couple extra drinks from turning into a bender? And there are habits around those belief systems. Because some of you may have a subpersonality like me. I have a subpersonality, and I like to call him fuck it guy. Well, already had a drink. Why not have six? You know, snuck a cigarette, you know, puffing out back like I'm Fonzie from Happy Days. Why not just buy a pack and start smoking again? For some of you with your compulsive sexual behavior and how mine used to be, oh, already slipped watch porn. What's the harm in watching it for 48 hours? Got one prostitute. Why not get three more? Fuck it, guy. That is a habit. That is a belief system. And you can break it. So that's the reactive piece. You've stumbled. You've slipped. You've fallen. What particular steps do you need to put in place to make sure that when you fall down, you get back up? One is a fundamental belief system. We've talked about this in other podcasts. Brothers and sisters, allow me to preach. Failure is an opportunity. Every single time. But I really screwed up. Every single time. No, but this time it's bad. Every single time. Every single time. And again, let's go to business. Let's go to business. How does your organization manage failure? Do, is, it, is it punitive where when you fail... You have to hide it. Don't own it. Isn't an opportunity to create a systemic change. Good corrections are rewarded knowing that failure is an inexorable part of success. Success does not exist without it. Without it. So that's belief system number one. You fall down. You get back up. It doesn't have to be fuck it, guy. It doesn't have to turn into a bender. Don't have to hide it. Don't have to be shameful. See, that's the problem. Some of you have belief systems where, well, I must punish myself. If that worked long term, I'd say, go for it. I'm all for it. Punish yourself. Self-deprecate. Self-loathe. Kick yourself while you're down. But here's the thing. That doesn't create systemic change because eventually you pop. 
eventually you're just going to end up doing the thing. Because you're going to need more numbing, coping, and escaping. That's how it works. So I love it when men finally, and we're working together one-on-one, they're like, Craig, I slipped. Right? I'm waiting for the panic and the, oh my God, and it's terrible. And finally they say, um, and that was it. Like, that was it. I just, boom, 10 minutes. I lost 10 minutes. That was it. And I fell down. I got back up and boom, and that drove me to be hungry. Like that pushed me because I realized I didn't have to self-deprecate, self-loathe, and crap all over myself. Instead, I could choose to do something different. I could use my failure as an opportunity. So whatever practical steps that you come up with in that category, at the top has to be is where's the gift? Where's the gift? How do you learn from that failure? How do you grow from that failure? How do you not make that failure worse? How do you minimize the impact of that failure? That's just being smart because the holidays are triggering. The holidays are so often opportunities to derail the progress that you may have been making. But it doesn't have to be that way with a tiny bit of planning. A tiny bit of pen to paper. That's 30 minutes. We've spoken for 30 minutes now almost. Another 15 minutes. You're done. And you revisit it a few times during the holidays. You've got yourself a robust risk management plan to help you embrace your power of choice. Embrace your power of choice. So, before I go, one last thing. I need to make an announcement. My online program now has four group coaching calls per week. The cost at the time when this podcast is recorded is $49 per month. I've got some bad news. That cost is going to double for new customers only starting in January. That's 16 hours of group coaching calls per week plus 35 videos, the entire Mindful Habits system. The, 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 what I teach men who I work with one-on-one for my 10-week program, which is $6,000. Now, I have a four-week money-back guarantee, and I get insane results during that time period. Right? But I know that's not for everybody. So my online program is going to change. We're moving to a new platform that's much more mobile-friendly. Uh, we may be adding some more group coaching calls and some more content. But the price is going to double come next year. So if you want to sign up, go to mindfulhabit.com, click on group coaching, and click the button at the bottom. Enter in this coupon code because I'm going to give you the first month free. Tis the season. Tis the season. And this is going to end. This is going to end. I'm sorry. One of the things that we've learned in surveying people who didn't take the program, this is crazy. The price point was so low, they, they just skipped it. Oh, it can't be important. We've got men in the program who've relate, replaced their counseling, replaced their therapy with these insanely powerful group calls for $49 per month. And if you buy um, your grandfather at that rate, the price change will not affect you ever. You'll be grandfathered at the highest level program. So go to the mindfulhabit.com, 
find group coaching, enter in the coupon code RIGHTWOLF, R-I-G-H-T-W-O-L-F, one word, and join me helping you embrace your power of choice. So listen, I don't know when you guys are going to be listening to this podcast, um, but I want to wish you an incredibly happy Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving, I'm going to Disney to watch my wife and my daughter perform in Disney with my best friends in the world. That's what I'm doing this Thanksgiving. And it was six Thanksgivings ago where the decision to take my life um, was front and center. That's really what I wanted to do. And that's what I tried to do. Six-ish Thanksgivings. Don't quote me on the exact dates, but six years ago. And I can't help but reflect on all this joy and the success that I've created. Heck, I was on the Steve Harvey show. I don't want to pretend I'm all some fancy schmancy. I've worked my ass off. I have worked my ass off to build an international coaching practice and obsessed about results and honing this system to beat other programs, to do it better than other programs, to do it faster than other programs. That's my drive. That's my significance. But it wasn't even a decade ago where I was making different choices. And those choices were ruining my life. So bad, I tried to kill myself by snorting bath salts. Yeah, yeah. Think about how low you have to be. And I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about. You can connect with what I'm talking about. So I want you to go into this holiday season finding the gifts, finding the opportunities for you to be the best version of you. When you are triggered in someone's presence, great, write it down, opportunity. When you get defensive over what someone says, great, write it down, opportunity. When you get angry, take 10 deep breaths, write it down. And there's an opportunity. When that drive to act out, whatever your addiction is, strip club, buffets, uh, holidays, whatever it is you typically do, pause, write it down, and find the gift. I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving and a safe, safe holiday season. Catch you next week. Love you guys.